Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. I want you to open up with me to 2 Kings chapter 6. And I'm very excited about this message today. But as you're opening up that place of scripture, I want to remind you of a different scripture. And it's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, we walk by faith and not by... Let's say it again. We walk by faith and not by sight. So it doesn't matter what the world is telling you is going to come in 2024. The Bible says that we live in overflow. The Bible says we live in blessing. And even when you can't see what's going to happen tomorrow, you know who holds tomorrow. His name is Jesus Christ. He is higher than any other, any other name. His authority breaks the back of Satan. And when we worship him, we wreak havoc in Satan's camp. So in 2024, if you want to give the devil a really, really bad day and year, just lift up your hands and praise God every single day. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 144, verse 1. And what it says is this, is you teach my hands to wage war. Look at your hands right now. These hands are weapons of warfare. And when you lift up your hands, you shift the atmosphere. So right now, just lift up your hands and begin shifting the atmosphere. Begin shifting the atmosphere in this room, in this city, in this state. It doesn't take much. All it takes is somebody who has faith to say, I'm going to go where nobody says they want to go, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to make it happen. Because it says that you teach my hands to wage war and my fingers are skilled in battle. So musicians, every single time you're using your fingers, you're skilled in battle to shift the atmosphere. And I can tell you story after story after story about how worship shifts the atmosphere. But we walk by faith and not by sight. And I remember, I lived in Russia for 25 years. I was a missionary there. In fact, uh, my wife is here right now, Ella. She's, you know, if you check out my Instagram, she's perfection. There's tons of videos about perfection. And also, my daughter, Mia, is right here as well. And my younger daughter, Mika, she'll be selling the books outside. And uh, she likes tips. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> just playing with you. But I can remember in Moscow, I was a youth pastor in Moscow. I woke up one morning and I read that scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. And I said, Lord, what does that mean? Show me what that means. Well, when you ask God to show you something, you better be careful because he's going to show you in a different way than you expected. 
And I remember, I was like, Lord, show me. What does it mean? We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. And immediately after I prayed, I got a phone call. And it was my friend. And he says to me, Philip, there's a new restaurant that opened up in town. And it's called In the Dark. And I said, what's there? He said, the dark. I said, no, what do you mean, the dark? He said, Philip, you eat in pitch black darkness. You can't even see the food in front of you. You have to find the bread in the middle of the table. You can't even see if I'm next to you. It's awesome. I'm like, let's go. And we meet together in downtown Moscow. And we're about to walk into in the dark. And so we walk in, and the first person that greets you is a blind person. And the reason why it's a blind person is because the experience of eating in the dark is about understanding the life of someone who is blind. So that you have compassion on them, so that you help them. And so she greets you and she says, okay, anything that glows in the dark, we got a locker right here and you have to give it to me. And so you take off your watches, you give her, her pho your phones, you give everything that could illuminate light, you put it in the, in the locker. And then she says, okay, now grab hold of my shoulders. And you're thinking, I am about to follow a blind person. <laughs> like, is this safe? Like... You're, you feel really, really weird at this moment. And I'm going to use my daughter for this example right now. And to make this real, I'm going to close my eyes and she is going to lead and guide me. All right? Because this is what happens. So the blind person is leading and guiding you. And so to make this real, I'm going to shut my eyes and I'm going to tell, you know, Mia's going to lead and guide me. So anyway, so I shut my eyes and she says, let's walk into the dark. And so Mia, let's go. And so we're walking and she says, stop, let's go to the left. And so, <laughs> so we're walking, 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 walking. And she says, oh, someone's eating here. So we have to make a right and so let's go to the right can, can we go to the right mia can we go to the right <laughs> let's, let, no 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 let's go to the right let's go to the right you know we gotta go we gotta go okay so you're leading me you're guiding me and i have no idea what's going on right now All right okay so then then let's where, where are we gonna go mia <laughs> we're going okay all right, so I am holding on to her. And so finally, she says, stop. Now, sit down. And so there, that's where you sit down. And I probably can't sit down right now. But, but the amazing thing is this, that if I let go of that blind person for just one second, 
I'm lost. I am completely lost. And the other interesting thing is this, that when you are sitting, you're sitting at the table, she says, okay, you can sit down. And then she says, uh, to your left, there's your utensils. Right here is some water. It's not hot water, so you're not, if it, you know, if you spill it, you're not going to scold yourself or hurt anybody. And the bread is in the middle. And whoever finds the bread, that's the one who won. And everybody sits at the table and you're trying to find the bread. And then, you know, somebody grabs it and says, I found it. I found the bread. And then everybody takes your arm and goes like this. Like, it's, it's pretty freaky and weird. But it, it is so dark in there that the little rascal on the inside of me just kind of woke up. And I hid underneath the table for 20 minutes. And nobody knew I was gone. <laughs> until I started poking people <laughs> and they were freaking out but I also remember her saying that you know if you need something if you need to go to the bathroom just call my name say I need to go to the bathroom I will hear you and I'll take you to the restroom and I remember thinking about all this and I'm thinking, we walk by faith and not by sight. And then if you open up John 10, verse 5, it says, My sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. I want to prophesy over you that a stranger you will not follow in 2024 that you will follow the voice of the Holy Ghost every single day. You're going to wake up and you're going to get the strategies of heaven. You're going to know what to do, who to call. The strategies of heaven are going to be unleashed upon you in 2024. And I said all of this to encourage you that we have to follow the voice of the Holy Ghost. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, it's a very interesting story. You have a man that understands the voice of God, and his name is Elisha. Now, Elisha heard from the Lord that there is going to be an ambush tomorrow. So he calls the king and he says, your plans are to get here tomorrow. Don't go there because there's an ambush. Can I tell you that when you follow the voice of the Holy Ghost, you're going to skip the ambushes that the enemy has planned for you? When you follow his voice, you're going to be in overflow. You know, Philippians 4.19 says, my God. Everybody say it. My God. My God. He will grant. He will fulfill all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Now, how much riches and glory does God have? <laughs> Infinite, right? So the only standard that follows you is overflow. Overflow. Overflow in your wallet. Overflow in your mindset. Overflow in everything that God wants to do through your life. 
It's going to be a blessed, groundbreaking year as long as you follow his voice. As long as you don't follow the voice of a stranger, but you follow the voice of God. Now, it says, it says in the word of God that the enemy, he's already lost. Amen? Amen. The blood, the blood of Jesus. I encourage you in this season, take communion on a regular basis. You know, it says that the, the, the church, you know, in the ancient times, when the church was first born, I don't think they were taking communion once a month. They were going through persecution. And it says that as much as you remember me, take communion. Remember my blood. Remember my broken body. Remember the covenant. You walk in covenant with Jesus Christ. You walk in a new covenant. And so it's very important to follow his voice because you're going to miss the ambushes that the enemy has planned for you. And that's exactly what Elisha did for the king of Israel. And it happened over and over and over again because the king, the enemy king, the one who wants to destroy Israel says, the schedule says that the king of Israel will be over here. So he goes and nobody's there. And it happens again and again and again and again. He can't catch the king. Why? Because Elisha is hearing from the voice of God. Are you tracking with me? You receiving something from the Lord? So the enemy king, the Persian king, gets so upset, he says, who is the one who is feeding information who is the spy in my army? Who's feeding the information? And the army says, you know, nobody here is a spy, but Elisha knows what you say in the privacy of your own bedroom. And so this king gets so upset, he says, I'm going to kill Elisha. And this is where we're going to start. Because he takes a full army and he goes to attack one man. Are you guys opened up there? You know, it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. You are an overcomer. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are an overcomer. Turn to your neighbor. Say, you have the victory. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is going to do greater things. Powerful things. 2024 is going to be phenomenal. <laughs> Over the top. <laughs> you know, it says, it says in Daniel 11.32, it says that those that know their God, will do mighty exploits. It doesn't say that those that go to church. It doesn't say that those that know about God. It says that those that know their God will do mighty exploits. 
And so when you make him first in your life in 2024, you're going to do mighty exploits. But 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15, it says, When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Verse 16, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than there are on theirs. I'm going to say it again. There are more on our side than there are on theirs. Verse 17, it says, Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Man, if we could just have our spiritual eyes opened, you would already see the victory right now. If you could have your spiritual eyes opened, you would already see that you are healed right now. If you could have your spiritual eyes opened, you would see yourself the way God sees, your, sees you, and he says that you are a masterpiece. That you are full of the peace of God that passes all understanding, which is shalom, which means nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. Nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. So my prayer for 2024 is, Lord, open my eyes. Open my eyes so I can see your glory. Open my eyes so that witty inventions, business ideas, ideas that will change society. That's what's on the inside of you guys. There are ideas on the inside of you that will change this city. They will change this nation. All you have to do is get on your face before him and say, I put you number one in my life. You are number one in my life. Just lift up your hands and just begin saying, Lord, you are number one. You are number one in my life. In the name of Jesus, no weapon formed against you will prosper. No plague will come nigh your dwelling. And every single word that is spoken, it will not prosper. So it doesn't matter what they said in a previous generation. It doesn't matter maybe what people insulted you. They insulted you. Maybe there's curses that were in a past generation. They do not get to your generation. You change everything. You change everything for your family, for your kids, and their kids after that. You change everything. Why? Because of the blood. Because of the broken body of Jesus. Because your prayer is to cry out and say, open my eyes. So I can see you. Because when you see him, every single strategy of heaven is released like that. And it says, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The enemy opened. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, 
he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Verse 18, as the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. One translation says, blind them. You know, that's a prayer that you can pray over your family. And you can say, Lord, blind the enemy right now. The enemy is going to make big mistakes because he made a big mistake messing with me. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, the enemy made a big mistake when he messed with you. I'm telling you, one of the worst things that the enemy did, worst mistakes, was try to shut down the church. Because the church woke up. I'm going to say it again. The church woke up. Instead of doing worship just in the four walls, now the church is outside. The church woke up. The enemy made a big mistake because revival happened, which means waking up. And when the church wakes up, transformation in a city is a result. Transformation on every level. I'm not just talking about people getting saved outside. I'm talking about businesses flourishing because of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about school systems changing because of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about transformation. You see, revival happens first, which means the church wakes up. But then the next step is transformation. So my cry is, Lord, open my eyes to see. So you give me the strategies of transformation in a city. Open my eyes. And this is the beautiful thing. Verse 18 says, so the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Verse 19 then Elisha went out and told them, you have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me. I will take you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. Because the original intent is to take out the king of Samaria, right? He says, I'll take you to the king you're looking for. Verse 20, as soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. Verse 21, when the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elijah, my father, should I kill them? So the king of Israel's like, you brought the enemy to my city, kill them all. This is victory. That's what he's thinking. But Elisha replies differently. He says, when the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, my father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? Of course not. Elisha replied, do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean 
raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. So instead of killing the enemy when he had the opportunity, he says, you know what? I'm going to throw a party for you. Instead of hating his enemies, he decided, I'm going to love my enemies. And if you open up with me to the next chapter, chapter 7, you see there was peace for a little while. The Aramean army stayed away from Israel, but then they came back. And they came back with more force and more power than ever before. It was a double attack. Can I ask you a question? Has there ever been a situation in your life where it's like attack after attack after attack? Just, it just seems like, man, what is going on? Can I tell you that Jesus went through the same thing? And Jesus overcame? You know, when you, you talk about the, the man that Jesus cast out the legion of demons... Now, a legion is 6,000 demons. This was a very, very demon-possessed man. And the Greek word that is used when he says, come out, is plural. Come out, come out, come out. I said, come out. If Jesus had to do it more than once, and he made it, you can make it too. <laughs> you are in overflow. God is blessing you. And I am telling you, if the enemy tries to touch you, you just say, come out. Come out. Come out. You have no authority. The blood of Jesus is stronger. And I believe that the fire of God in that man just started getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter until those demons could not stand it anymore. They're like, ah, we can't do this anymore. I'm encouraging you today. You just keep on speaking the name of Jesus. And it's going to get hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. And it's going to cast out Anything that would try to come against you or your family, any kind of curse, it has no authority in your life. Because you prayed, Lord, open my eyes to see you. But this was a double attack. Because they came back, they surrounded the city, and things got a lot worse. In fact, the Bible describes that the city was surrounded, so there's no import, there's no export, which means the people of Israel on the inside, they are starving. And the Bible describes a very graphic picture of them selling pigeon dung for five pieces of silver. And it says, and they sold a donkey's head for 80 pieces of silver. So we're talking about total economic collapse because the enemy came back a second time. And so the king of Israel is actually very upset and he says, Elisha did this to me. They were here and I could have killed them, but he said, love them. 
So I'm going to kill Elisha. And so the king of Israel goes and tries to find Elisha. And when he walks into the door, when his servant walks into the door, Elisha says, I know you've come here to kill me, but here is a word from the Lord. You got to hear your word from the Lord today. And he says, tomorrow, everything is going to change. Tomorrow, there is going to be overflow and economic blessing that you could never even imagine. Guys, I'm telling you that 2024 is going to have 24-hour breakthroughs. 24 hours. You're going to pray, and then you're going to see your prayers work. But listen to what this servant of the king says. He says, I mean, that couldn't happen even if the windows of heaven were opened. And Elisha says, it will happen and you will see it with your eyes, but you will not be able to partake of it. Let that sit in there. Your miracle is in your mouth. I'm going to say it again. Your miracle is in your mouth. If you're dealing with sickness, if you're dealing with, with issues that are going on, my question is, how many scriptures are you quoting every single day? Can you open up your treasure chest and tell me the 20 scriptures that you're quoting over your life about prosperity? Can you open up your treasure chest of, of scriptures and tell me the the scriptures of healing that you're quoting. If you're believing for your kids to come back to the Lord, what scriptures are you quoting about your kids coming back to the Lord? You know, I have a, I have an area in my phone, in my notes, it's called treasure chest. And I have hundreds of scriptures. And I get on my face before God and I start quoting the word. I'm praying in tongues, quoting the word, worshiping God. And I see miracles. I see God move. There's a reason why I worship in a riot and the riot stops. It happens all the time. There's a reason why when I worship, you remember when Portland was on fire? Remember all those fires that happened? Well, I did a worship event during those fires. And the pastor told me, he said, Philip, you're crazy because you can't even stand outside. You can't even breathe outside. It's not even, it's not healthy. It's like, I can't bring my people to the worship event. I said, honestly, I mean, if you're afraid to bring your people, that's, that's okay. But I came here to shift the atmosphere. He told me, get on the plane and leave. I said, you don't get it. I came here to shift the atmosphere. Do I have some atmosphere shifters in this place, guys? I came here to shift the atmosphere. He laughed at me. He said, Philip, are you going to do it with a mask? People are walking outside for five minutes and they're throwing up because of the smoke. You can't see two feet in front of you because of the smoke. 
I said, I came here to shift the atmosphere. And we started worshiping. We worshiped for two hours. And I can remember just crying out to God. I was like, Lord, people think I'm stupid and I'm crazy right now, so you better show up. <laughs> Have you ever had that, that prayer? It's like, Lord, I, I'm, you better show up. It's like, you said you would show up. And I remember the following morning, I looked outside and I'm thinking, Lord, clear skies in the name of Jesus, clear skies. I look outside the window and it's worse than it was yesterday. <laughs> remember that, baby? <laughs> I think, I'm like, Lord, this is not what we talked about. <laughs> And then I felt this urge to, to check out my phone. And there's a level of smoke and pollution in the air. The previous day, it was 600, which is not breathable. That morning, I'm checking it out, and it's, it's 400. And I go, hmm. Lord, something's happening. And then I drive out to church because I'm preaching that morning and there's fog that is all over the place. And do you know, but by the next day, it was clear skies. It was clear skies. Because let me tell you what happens when the glory comes gets rid of all the smoke. It gets rid of all the junk. It gets rid of all of the depression. It gets rid of the sickness, the disease. It gets rid of it all. But your miracle is in your mouth. Your miracle is in your mouth. So as you continue to to dive into this story with me. The Bible talks about lepers. It switches from the king, from Elisha, and says, now there were four lepers. And they were sitting on the outside of the city. And the reason why they were sitting on the outside of the city is because as a leper, you had no right to be in the inside of the city. You were unclean. And if you touched somebody, they had the right to stone you to death. And so lepers always lived outside of the city. And the Bible says that they're sitting on the outside of the city. And they're talking to each other. And what they say is, you know what? If we stay here, we die. If we go to the Aramean camp, we die there. So, we're dying of starvation here, but maybe, maybe something will happen as we're walking there. Something will happen and they'll, they'll help us in the Aramean camp. But basically they said, we're dying either way, so we might as well die doing something. 
Because nothing is going to happen if you just sit there. You know, there are words that God has given you this year. Nothing is going to happen if you just sit on that word. There are dreams that God has given you this year. Nothing is going to happen if you sit on that dream. Jeremiah chapter 1 says, get up and prepare for action. Get up and prepare for action. Get up and prepare for breakthrough. And it says, 2 Kings 7, 3 through 6, it says, now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die, they asked each other. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The Lord turned the steps of lepers who were the worst level of society possible into the sound of a rushing army. If God can do it with lepers, how much more can God do it with you? How much more can God do it with you? All he needs is your yes. All he needs is for you to get up and take action. And he will turn the sound of your marching into the sound of a mighty army. And look at this. It gets better. It says, for the Lord caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots, galloping horses, and sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. And so they came into the city, and there's nobody there. They expected a fight. Nobody there. The enemy has no authority over your life. They expected a fight, but God already went before them. God has gone before you today into 2024. Follow his voice and you will be in victory time after time after time after time again. But the story continues. The lepers look at the army or look at the camp. And there's all, all the gold, the silver, the food. It's all there. It's all there. And they say, you know what? We can't be quiet about this. We have to tell the king of Israel what has happened. And the Bible says that 
They sent spies in to see if it was real because the king didn't believe it. And then when they came in, they said, you know what? It's real. Call the people. And the people started rushing in. And as they got to the gate of the city, the person to greet them was that servant that previously had said, it won't happen even if the windows of heaven open. And the Bible says that the person who said that, that he was trampled by the people. What side are you going to be on, guys? Your miracle is in your mouth. I want you to stand with me right now. I want you to worship with me right now. Just close your eyes. And just begin to imagine, what does that army sound like? How is God going to turn the clatter of your feet into a mighty army? Close your eyes and begin to imagine what God is about to do in your life. Just worship Him right now. Just cry out to Him right now. What they saw was a 24-hour breakthrough. And that is what you are going to see in your life. If that's you, just lift up your hands. Let's just begin thanking Him for the strategies of God, for the 24-hour breakthrough that He's going to release through you. I want to read one more thing to you that the Lord has given me for 2024. And it is Song of Solomon, verse 2, starting from verse 11. It says, it's a new season. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's a new season. Lift up your hands and thank God and say, it's a new season. It says right there, the season has changed. Come on, prophesy into the atmosphere right now. The season has changed. It says, the bondage of your barren winter has ended. Which means everything that did not produce last year has to produce this year. The barren winter has ended. And it says that the rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season of singing is here right now. And it continues and it talks about how the Lord is calling his people and he's saying, come away with me. Come away with me into my glory, into my presence. And that is what you're going to see. God is calling you. I challenge you in the last hours of 2023, get on your face before God. Come away with him. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online,